The Nike-designed and Fanatics-manufactured uniforms were more than five years in the making. Originally touted as state-of-the-art performance wear, designed to help address player concerns like breathability. It's now creating new concerns, most pressing, coverability. It's become a topic of conversation that uh, really shouldn't be in the grand scheme of things, uh, but we're, we're hopeful that uh, we can figure our way through it. MLB players are slamming the league's new uniforms because their pants are see-through. I get the feeling this year we're going to see a lot more dingers. Play ball! Player reviews are nearly universal, with Philadelphia's Trey Turner summing it up best, telling the Associated Press, quote, I know everyone hates them. That's a crime! You know how hot those things get? They should be wearing cotton. This is what they give us. You know they used to make leisure suits out of this fabric? Asked last week about player concerns over the uniforms, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred said this. We've seen things that we should not see this spring and that we have not seen in past springs. We have seen twig and berries, if you want to call it that, or, I mean, junk. Uh, however you want to put it, we done seen it so far, okay. and that is the change from the past. <laughs> that, that gives a whole new meaning to junk ball pitcher. It goes to one, two, three, and here we go. Here we go. Jim Arizari, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Can you believe there's an update to that story today? I cannot believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Fanatics, the, uh, the company CEO today, basically admitting, we've been getting the bleep kicked out of us every day right now. And they're just following Nike's orders. Okay. So it's all everything that's been going on. You know, well, it's Nike's fault. Oh, it's baseball. Continuing. (laughs) A continuing story. Uh, Off and running on a Friday afternoon. I am Jim Irizarry in for Darren Pritchett. It is Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers. Locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this buds for you. I've got Eric Hansen in tow. I'm happy to be they're, here. They're typically they're they're typically just leaving me alone in this closet by myself. <laughs> so uh, you know, a- anytime I can get anybody else in here, uh, yeah, I am taking that opportunity. So well, I'm happy to join you. This will be fun. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully you don't go running for the hills afterwards. So <laughs> that's that's the goal anyway. Uh, you're a Cardinals fan, by the way, right? Baseball wise, I am. I have to admit that Darren and I have the same, probably what people would say, bad taste. But yes, <laughs> me being a Mets fan today, uh, they won today uh, in spring training. The, the Cardinals did. Okay, so you know. If if that meant anything, to, spring training typically doesn't for me. Um, it. <laughs> Moves the needle a little bit. Yeah. There's, uh, but, you know, I'm hoping that the real games turn out better than last year. Right. They weren't very good last year, and that's Dude. unusual for St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. It, kind of unexpected, too. So yeah. it's like, eh. so, um, but yeah, beating the Mets today three to two. Um, and then uh, it's March. It's March. We're actually going to have real baseball <laughs> at the end of this month. And then we've got March Madness to get us there. That's awesome. So, 
I mean, that, that's that's perfect. That is this is like my favorite month of the year, and and also like the weather is supposed to be better than it is right now. You know, it's yeah. supposed to be sunny and warmer today. We're working our way or, uh, back tomorrow, up to anyway. short, yeah. shorts weather. So yeah, I, I was here in shorts, uh, blinding everybody. You know, <laughs> having the light reflecting off my legs. Uh, what was it? Tuesday of this yeah. week. So because uh, Darren's been uh, following Mishawaka basketball the uh, the last couple of days, so he has not jinxed them yet. He has not, which is impressive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's impressive because something typically breaks at at some point. So. Right. But uh, but yeah, Eric Hansen joining me uh, for uh, for the first hour today, and uh, we're just going to talk some uh, like a whole bunch of Notre Dame stuff. Sounds great. So, if that works for you, it's awesome. That's what I do all day. Excellent, excellent. InsideNDSports.com, by the way, that's where you can see all of Eric's work. So, uh, have at it. Notre Dame at the NFL Combine. That's going on this week. Yep. Uh, you mentioned that uh, that that Coach Freeman is there <laughs> after being at the women's basketball game last night. He's everywhere, isn't he? He is everywhere. And uh, if you search on Twitter, you don't have to search very hard. They are showing Marcus's workout from when he was a player. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they the Notre Dame football account is tweeting out <laughs> some of his highlights from his workout as a linebacker. Did he authorize that, or does he want that out there? <laughs> I think he. I think it's a good look for him. Okay. Yeah, so I think he's okay with it. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, eight Irishmen uh, at the Combine this week. Uh, Joe Alt, probably the highest ranking Absolutely. out of all of them. Uh, you also got Blake Fisher, Audric Estime, Cam Hart, uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste, Maris Leofau, Sam Hartman, and J.D. Bertrand. Um, so, your thoughts? <laughs> well, they um, for people that don't follow the combine super close, they break it down by position groups. So they're all not all interviewing the same day, not all working out the same day. So we've had we're halfway through the Notre Dame guys at this point in terms of workouts. There were three that had a chance to work out yesterday: Javante Jean Baptiste. Maris Leofau, J.D. Bertrand was also set to work out, but he showed up in a walking boot, so he oh. has some kind of foot or leg injury that kept him from being able to work out. Hopefully he'll be out of that by the time Notre Dame's Pro Day happens on March 21st. That's kind of the second chance. It's also a chance for the guys that didn't get invited to the Combine, like D.J. Brown and Thomas mm-hmm. Harper. And then today, Cam Hart has been working out and he's really interesting in his testing because he ran a four five forty. Um, that was his official time, which is in the lower third, mm. but he's six foot three and he did really well in the vertical jump. He did really well in the broad jump was among the top 25% in those. Four five for a guy who's six three. That's for six fast. three, that is. Yeah. And so, because of his length, because of that six foot three, there's not a lot of cornerbacks that are six foot three. I think right. four five, he can get away with it. Okay, and uh, I think be pretty happy with it. I was surprised he wasn't a little bit faster, but again, at, on that six three frame with the wingspan he has, 
that's going to intrigue some people. Okay. Let's see. And, and then got, we have uh, we'll have go ahead. Sam Hartman and Audric Estime will work out tomorrow, and okay. then Joe Alt and Blake Fisher on Sunday. Did you see the uh, all the hubbub this morning about Marvin Harrison Jr. not showing up to his media availability? I did not see that. Oh, they were everybody's just like, oh, he's gonna dr- he should drop like ten spots now, <laughs> and it's just like because of this. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I'm well. He had to be there at like. 7:20 in the morning. Yeah. So I can kind of understand maybe the maybe yeah. the kid overslept, you know? Mm. Maybe. But uh yeah, everybody was just like, "Ah!" Just the fake Twitter outrage <laughs> about something that's basically inconsequential to his career. Right. So, awesome. It's great. It's great. You were at the women's game I with was. Coach Freeman separately, but yes. you know, you were yeah, at the, we were both not at the same place. Yeah. Uh, Irish women pulling off a, uh, a big upset last night over number five Virginia Tech, and uh, that helps. I mean, I mean, first of all, you got you got Hannah Hidalgo. Have we said enough good things about her yet? <laughs> about her play yet? Because I I could probably go on. Uh, it's <laughs> it's we, incredible. We it's incredible on, really. that we haven't had more divots days where you said ah well you know what she looked like a freshman today. There's maybe been one of those games maybe one and a half where she's looked like a freshman yeah i thought so too uh highest scoring freshman in acc history that's amazing when you think about the history of acc women's basketball and she's got the freshman steals record as well she is has a shot at the overall steals record for the acc man she's second right now yeah just absolutely mind-blowing what she's done her freshman year by the way well she was so incredible last night her ball pressure in that game it it was infectious with the rest of the team and it really kept virginia tech from being able to get the ball into Mm -hmm. elizabeth kitley who is the best center in college basketball Mm -hmm. and four-time reigning acc player of the week and notre dame handled her 12 points and nine rebounds she she averages a double-double. She's the fourth-leading scorer in the country and the sixth-leading rebounder, and to hold her to 12 points is amazing. Hannah Hidalgo with 23 points of her own, uh, 12 rebounds, a double-double. Yeah. Like, that's that's almost commonplace now for her, too. 5-6 player had three more rebounds than the <sighs> sixth-leading rebounder in the country. That's crazy. Uh, Sonia Citron had a very productive second half. She did. <laughs> All 21 of her points coming in the second half. Maddie Westbeld with uh, with 19 points of her own. Uh, yeah, they were they were playing uh, they were playing man to man, and that really messed with Virginia Tech. It did, and it surprised me a little bit because zone has been their thing. That's when they've been at their best. They mm-hmm. rebound well at the zone. They get a lot of steals in the zone. They could not play zone against Virginia Tech because they are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country along with that center. So you couldn't sag on her and leave those three-point shooters open. So they played man, and I've not seen their man-to-man defense look like that all year. That was amazing. Kind of gives you – makes you feel good about the ACC tournament and the March Madness coming up too. It's just like, it, man. It does. And they're right on the bubble of being able to get some home games in the tournament. They're yeah. projected as a five seed right now. They would need to move up one spot to the four. They really would probably have to win Sunday against Louisville and then get to the semis 
mm. uh, in the ACC tournament where they would face Virginia Tech again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Virginia Tech shooting uh, 36% last night, outscored the Hokies 34-16 to in the paint. That's nuts. Uh, Virginia Tech still wrapped up the regular season ACC title. Yeah. Uh, that because of the Syracuse loss at NC State. Uh, as you mentioned, Louisville coming to Purcell Pavilion Sunday at 2 o'clock. 145 pregame start over on Live 99.9, by the way. Uh, NC State, Notre Dame, Louisville still all tied for third. Right, and and Syracuse is done, so whoever wins on Sunday will tie Syracuse for second. But this Notre Dame can't get up to the number two yeah. seed, and the only way they could get to the three seed because of the tiebreakers is NC State losing to the last place team in the conference, Wake Forest, yeah. which I don't think will happen. But I guess you never know. But so really, <laughs> the way college basketball's gone this year, right? So really, they're going to be the four or the five, and they're probably going to be playing Louisville either way it's just which seed there okay. they are and and if you're four then you have a double buy the five has yeah. to play yeah. an extra round yeah um, the Irish need to win Sunday and the NC State lost to uh, to Wake Forest to get that three seed uh, but otherwise yeah NC State holding the three seed just because of the right. tiebreaker so good stuff how how, uh, how do you think they'll do in the uh, in the tournament you know, they're a hard team to track because I, how they played last night is what I thought their ceiling would look like. Now can they be consistently that team? You think about since they've added Sonia Citron back into the lineup after a seven-and-a-half-week absence, it's been kind of up and down and up and down. And, you know, I mean, that was a pretty serious knee injury she had yeah. in, in a long layoff. Um, and, you know, her the initial brace she had went from the top of, you know, top of her thigh all the way down to her ankle. She's Ooh, got, she yeah, moved into yeah. a little bit smaller brace about a week ago, and she's moving better. And I, I think, you know, they've kind of said, okay, this is our team. Nobody else is coming. Olivia Miles isn't coming back. Cass mm-hmm. Prosper's likely not coming back. Um, and so this is our team, and they've kind of, been fostering that chemistry and I mean they're a transition team they had won the fast break points 18 to 2 last night if they can force the tempo they can beat everybody but maybe the top four teams in the country I mean they beat number five last night Mm -hmm. so I the Louisville game is going to be really telling to me if they can win that then I feel pretty good about what they can do both in the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament. All right. Yeah, that's like I felt good, mm-hmm. and typically when I feel good, nothing good happens. <laughs> but uh, yeah, watching the game last night, I was I was just like, wow, they like the man the man to man deep. Like I I yeah. couldn't I couldn't get over that quite honestly. So yeah, I was like, where's this? Where's this been? Right. <laughs> Have they just been holding this in practice? Have they just been doing it there? And, you know, for every other case, no. But I don't know. But, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll talk uh, We'll talk about the Irish men. Okay. Uh, they're finishing up their home schedule tomorrow. Uh, also, uh, the, the, the hoops, uh, the men's conference matchups were announced. We'll go through those real quick, okay. uh, and also uh, some, get to uh, some spring practice talk too. 
So Sounds great. Plenty of stuff still to come. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Also brought to you by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations, serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Uh, First State Bank, First State Bank lends strength to our communities by devoting ourselves to helping local businesses grow and prosper. Also by Bethel University's adult and graduate studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continuing after this on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. That's more rock and music than Darren. I mean, that's that's my rock uh, that's my rock jock uh, okay. roots right there. So I, like I was that. like, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't do, I can't do the typical sports themes all the time. I just can't. Um, we're uh, we're on the uh, the old Twitch stream, by the way. twitchtv slash sportsradio 960 wsbt uh, Hi in the chat. Um, also, uh, of course, WSBTRadio.com, stream, uh, streaming live there, and uh, also on the app. Download those, uh, download that for free. Download the Sportsbeat app for free in the uh, Apple or Google Play stores. So there. All right. there there's your orders right there. So, <laughs> All right. Irish men. Hoops. Finishing up the home schedule tomorrow night against Clemson. A uh, 7.45 tip-off, 7.15 pregame here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. First of all, senior day for Matt Zona, Tony Sanders Jr., and Raheem Brayton. So go out, clap for those guys, cheer them up, you know, cheer for them, all that. Uh, and also watch a team that's been playing some pretty damn good basketball late. Yeah. Irish have won four of their last five, all led by Marcus Burton. So, And... Darren and I were mentioning this uh, the other night, uh, Wednesday night. One turnover in 36 minutes for him. That is a huge improvement wow. because you, you've you gotten a lot of the turnovers along with his great scoring and assists, but to, to be that sound with his ball handling, that was impressive. Yeah, it's been really good. He's uh, currently averaging 17.2 points, 4.3 assists, and two steals per game. If that holds, by the way, through uh, through the end of the regular season next week, he'll be the first player in Notre Dame history to put up those numbers. One wow. of five in the entire country, by the way, averaging those kind of numbers right now. But uh, the first one in Notre Dame history, like Chris Thomas came the closest. I think he averaged like 16, only 16 points a game, thereabouts, 15 or 16. They need some kind of NIL promotion with Marcus Burton and Hannah Hidalgo, something with point right? guards. How has that not happened yet? Yeah. Like, how, how do we not have the bad local commercial with them reading off the cue cards? How has that not happened yet? <laughs> uh, three-time ACC Rookie of the Week. That ties Blake Wesley for most at Notre Dame. And uh, seriously, go out and, and see this kid play, too, just because I feel stupid for not being able to watch him in high school. 
Like, I never went out to Penn and watched and watched Marcus Burke, even though, you know, everybody was saying, oh, you mean Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana? <laughs> Psh, stupid. So don't be like me. Don't waste your opportunity to watch him. <laughs> Go check him out uh, tomorrow night, okay? 21-game streak of uh, at least, uh, well, double-digit points anyway, S- at least 16 in the last eight uh, fifth in points at Notre Dame with uh, 481. Blake Wesley's number four at uh, at 504, so he could move into fourth place even. Probably will by the end of the season. I mean, he's just been a man among boys, especially over the last five. He's averaging almost 22 points a game. Like, he has been carrying that team. Given the fact how opposing teams can really focus on him mm-hmm. and not worry about, you know, doubling down inside on Keba Jai and some of the post players. I mean, that that makes it even more amazing what he's been able to do. I know they've struggled offensively. I mean, their calling card is their defense, but mm-hmm. he has at least given a, a glimmer of hope that next year they, they can build around him and have a better offense. Yeah. Uh, and he's had help, too. Braden Shrewsbury's yeah. been averaging uh, 13.5 points a game. Uh, Tay Davis has been averaging almost nine and a half. Uh, Booth has been averaging 8.2 over the last five. Uh, they're averaging eight more points a game than their season average of 63. So I think, eight or nine, actually, depending I think on how you look Booth, at it. once he locks himself in the weight room and right. has, a, <laughs> has a college body, then we're going to start to see his numbers yeah. consistently better. It's uh, it's almost the kind of thing, it's like, man, he's got the height, but yeah. I, I feel like I could go in there and push him around, and I have absolutely no <laughs> athletic ability. <laughs> I remember seeing him at media day and just saying, okay, you need to uh, eat all the meals here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Take no it, skipping meals. Take advantage of the nutrition program here. <laughs> Hit those weights. Uh, Micah Shrewsbury, the new Irish record holder for three-pointers in ACC play. He's got 52 on the year already. Uh, He's six behind UNC's uh, uh, R.J. Davis, uh, who has 58 on the year. Total mind space there for a second. Uh, Fourth most in the ACC this season. He's been averaging uh, double-digit points in 11 of his, uh, or getting to double-digit points in 11 of his last 14. So that's a really good one-two punch that's uh, that's developed. Yeah, it it really has been nice. And early in the year, you know, Braden was more cold than hot. You know, he was yeah. a streaky guy, but he had a lot more cold streaks. He has really kind of found his rhythm and and been much more consistent. Uh, the Irish currently the 12 seed in the ACC tournament. I think, I think the way it works out, I think the 10, the 10 seed is the highest they can go. Okay. If my, if my math was correct. So they're still they're still going to have to play the extra day no matter yeah. what. They yeah. can't get out of that first round. Yeah, they're they're playing they're definitely playing on Tuesday of uh, of the tournament week. But uh, yeah, initially initially my my math had them going as high as like 7th or 8th and I was just like that can't be right. <laughs> what? That can't be right. Uh yeah, 6 6 and 11 in the ACC this year. Currently the 12th seed. They're tied with Boston College for 11th. Uh they're a half game up on Miami. Miami has one more loss sitting at 6 and 12. So, uh, and then on the road next week at North Carolina. All right. Not an easy task. Uh, that's Tuesday night at seven o'clock. 
and then at Virginia Tech Saturday at uh, at two thirty to wrap up the regular season, and then uh, and then the week after that the ACC tournament. So, uh, do we start? How do you feel about the ACC tournament? How do you feel about next season? Do you, do you see it more being more of the team that's won four of its last five, or do you see it as the team that basically made Micah Shrewsbury storm off in the middle of a post-game, <laughs> post-game uh, interview with, uh, with Tony Simeone on the radio? Well, just having listened to him a lot in the preseason, I covered mostly the women this year, but mm-hmm. had some availability with him early. They're turning into the team he wanted them to be in terms of traits and what their calling card was, how hard they work. Um, but to answer your question and not dodge it, I think some of it depends on who, if they don't have a mass run to the portal and also who they add. But yeah. I like if, if, if who we expect returns and then they get another couple of good pieces, yeah. you know, especially in the front court. Yeah then I would expect them to be kind of middle of the pack kind of team. I would expect them to reflect this four out of five because we'll see. I think the defense is already foundational. This is the culture he wanted to set. And now you start building on the offensive pieces. Yeah, seeing uh, I I went to the Big Ten championship game last year, which was Purdue and Penn State. So I got to see, you know, like his, you know, his – his team right there and and yeah they were they gave Zach Eady more fits than yeah than they than Purdue probably wanted to admit um and that's what he did in year two at Penn State I mean I think they were probably a little bit better in his year one and then but in year two they added some key grad transfers key pieces and then kept developing the kids they had and they were a handful Hmm. depending on the run they make yeah NIT? Because I don't. I, I think oh, they'd man. have. I think they'd have to win the tournament to get into the tournament. You know, into the into the. You uh, mean the next NCAA? Year? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, just uh, just this year. Well, um, I don't know. I don't. Are they going to take them with a losing record? Do they take losing record teams um, in NIT now? I don't know. Yeah. It's been a while since I've really paid yeah. attention to the NIT. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I was I was kind of thinking they they'd have to have like a just an unbelievable show and also like play pretty well over the la- over the next week too just to close out the regular season or else you know four out of five who cares <laughs> well it's it's something to build on I think it, it's gonna make those guys work harder in the mm-hmm. offseason seeing that all the you know because Mike is not easy on them all what mm-hmm. they've gone through is paying off that yeah there's probably going to be more buy-in with the success they've had here late in the season. Yeah, I and they re, he really wasn't left anything. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. they they couldn't even put a uh, an actual five guys on the court uh, when he first got to Notre Dame. So the fact that uh, that they're able to do what they've been doing the last five games, uh, pretty impressive. So it is, and and honestly, I thought he'd have bigger plans for Matt Zona he didn't um Mm. it didn't work out that way because Zona was playing well at the end of the year for Mike Bray last year but um yeah I I like 
the direction he's going. I'm really curious what they're going to look like next year. Uh, the men's conference matchups, by the way, announced by the ACC. Of course, they're adding Cal and Stanford and SMU into all that, so they kind of uh, – I know they re- had to redo the football schedule. Probably had to redo this a little bit anyway. Uh, home and away, uh, they're facing uh, Boston College, Georgia Tech, and Syracuse, both home and away. Uh, got Cal, Louisville, North Carolina, Pitt, SMU, Stanford, and Virginia Tech coming to Purcell Pavilion. And then uh, away, they are heading to Clemson, Duke, Florida State, Miami, NC State, Virginia, and Wake Forest. So, I, I know with the – I looked at the women's schedule too, and it's for Notre Dame. They play two fewer games than the men do. Mm-hmm. But – it's interesting that they didn't, at least when Notre Dame plays them, they kept Cal, Stanford, and SMU all together. Now, next, yeah. the following season, they'll have to visit all three of them. Yeah. Which is going to be, yeah, that's going to be some long road trips in the middle of the season going out to Cal, Stanford, <laughs> and then going down to Dallas for Dallas Fort Worth for SMU. It's so weird hearing Cal and Stanford in yeah. the ACC. Like I, that's that's gonna take a, like still plenty of time for me to get used to, right? Like, ugh. man, <laughs> the Pac-12 had only been run better, you know. Yeah. If only yeah. that had happened. Let's get into your wheelhouse a little bit. Some football spring okay. practice. Sure. Spring practice is gonna be starting up. Of course, the blue gold game, uh, April twentieth, one o'clock. Uh, we'll go on the air with it at uh, at twelve thirty that day here on Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. First of all, what do you see as the biggest uh, position battles heading into spring practice? Which starts on Thursday, and then they break for spring break, and then they restart on the 20th. But um, next Thursday, when the battles start, uh, obviously quarterback is the one everybody's going to be talking about. But there's some really important ones beyond quarterback, and I think we'll have a lot of opportunities to talk about the quarterbacks, and we already have a lot. (laughs) Um, Field receiver. That's the receiver where, when you think about good Notre Dame offenses, Will Fuller was that receiver that could run by people. Notre Dame really didn't have a guy like that last year. Rico Flores Jr. was the closest to that, Mm -hmm. and he was a productive freshman, but he was not a guy that really opened up the rest of the offense where opposing defensive coordinators said, you know, we need to double that guy, and that opens up the run game and opens up things for the other receivers. There are four guys competing for that spot that have zero catches at Notre Dame. Mm. Two freshmen, a redshirt freshman in K.K. Smith, and then a grad transfer in Chris Mitchell from Florida International, who had a great year at Florida International. If he can step up from you know the group of five to power five football, that's going to be a big pickup for Notre Dame. I'm really keeping my eye on Chris Mitchell and Cam Williams, mm-hmm. one of the two freshmen. All the offensive line positions are going to be up for grabs. Um, you know, the running backs, I think we know presumptively that Jeremiah Love and Jadarian Price are going to end up at the top of that. On defense, there's not a lot of battles at the top of the depth chart, a lot mm-hmm. um, for the backups, but some of the ones where we, we need a new starter would be Middle linebacker, um, I think Kingston Viliamu Asa, the 
five-star freshman coming in. And um, then Drake Bowen will be competing with him, the guy that's playing baseball and football, former Mr. Indiana football for Mandran. One of the quarterback spots, we talked about Cam Hart. Well, his spot is open, so Mm -hmm. we'll see um, maybe Christian Gray emerge there. And um, then there is the field end spot. I think R.J. Oban is going to be the starter. He's the Duke transfer. Mm -hmm. But there's going to be competition at that spot. And then the safety that's opposite Xavier Watts. The guy that I think is going to win the job isn't in spring practice yet. He is finishing up his Northwestern degree remotely. He's going to be in South Bend. He can't participate in spring practice. That's Rod Hurd the second grad transfer from Northwestern. So a lot of the younger safeties are going to get a uh, look there. Adon Schuler, Ben Minnick, Luke Talich. The guy that my dark horse here is Luke Talich. He was a walk-on um, and played special teams for Notre Dame last year, but he's six foot four. He's filled out a little bit. He's mm-hmm. over 200 pounds now. So I think that's going to be a really fun uh, positional battle to watch this spring. Inside NDSports.com, that's where you can see all the best in Notre Dame football coverage right there. Uh, you've got a uh, perspective on the uh, whole Sam Hartman saga. Yeah. Uh, compare Sam Hartman to Riley Leonard, if you can. You know, it's interesting. They're pretty good friends, and Tyler James from Inside ND Sports is down covering the Combine for us this weekend, and he had a chance to talk to Sam today, and, and Riley and Sam have they talked during Riley's decision-making process, mm-hmm. and they've talked since. But very different quarterbacks, other than the fact that they're transfers. You know, <laughs> Sam was a drop-back passer who was playing in a non-NFL kind of system, and that's the big reason he transferred to Notre Dame because he wanted to play in a pro-style offense and enhance his chances of an NFL future. Riley Leonard is a true dual-threat quarterback. He may, with Jaden Daniels out of the picture now and and going to the NFL from LSU, he may be the leading rusher among quarterbacks in the country, just depending on how Mike Denbrock uses him. And Mike Denbrock was the offensive coordinator at LSU, now at Notre Dame. Where he has to improve is his throwing. Um, He has been an okay passer. Um, Notre Dame doesn't have you know, loaded wide receivers like LSU had. Right, uh, yeah. But But they do have a lot of guys with a lot of potential, and I think uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how much better of a passer Riley Leonard becomes. And if he can become uh, an above-average passer, to go with that running ability, it, it, it's a whole different... I mean, the, Notre Dame's offense is going to look very different, even if Jared Parker had stayed, it would have looked different just because mm-hmm. of Riley Leonard's skill set. Six foot four, Sam Hartman's a little bit over six foot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a guy that can run you over on yeah. third and one and fourth and one. Sam Hartman couldn't do that. You know, he needed the tush push and <laughs> and a right. lot of help. And even then, it wasn't always a first down. So, um, really, really different guys. I'd say that where they're really similar is really good leaders. They lead differently, but but guys that already build respect when you know they're coming in from the outside, they know to not 
you know, be arrogant and assume too much and have to earn that that captain leadership. Role. I mean, can he can he grow as good a beard? <laughs> Nobody can. That's grow what as that's good what everybody beard. wants yeah. to know. Really. Well, you know, when Sam Hartman was asked, <laughs> you go to the NFL Combine, you get asked those questions. He was asked how many dates he turned down today. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of fact-finding mission some people are at the NFL Combine. A, uh, a question off the uh, the Twitch chat. Will Notre Dame make the playoff next year? I think that has to be the goal, and I think it's mm-hmm. a realistic goal with there being a 12-team playoff next year. And as good as their defense is going to be, you know, then it's really incumbent on the offense not to not to fall on itself in the games where they play elite defenses. And that's what happened this last year when they played Louisville, when they played Clemson. Even when they played Duke, they were lucky to eke that out. But yeah. but they fell down in those games. And Ohio State, you know, I, I thought they played okay on offense. But again, 14 points isn't going to win you a lot mm. of games. So Almost did. Yeah, almost oh, did. Almost yeah, did. Yeah, almost. almost did. Um, you mentioned Mike Denbrock. Uh, he was at LSU last year, mm-hmm. uh, new offensive coordinator and tight ends coach. Uh, and you mentioned that, you know, got Jaden Daniels the Heisman Trophy. Got mm-hmm. you, got him to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how, much, how much has working with so many guys that are on the Notre Dame staff, uh, how much of that helps? It's going to speed up, I think, the installation of the offense and also... I think it's going to be really good on game days in that there's already this chemistry and good chemistry with mm-hmm. those guys that there's a real affinity for what they want done. So, you know, there it's always a little bit ticklish when the offensive coordinator isn't also the quarterback's coach. The fact that Gino and Mike have worked together so well and, and for so long at Cincinnati together I think that's going to be a huge advantage. That's a great question. And uh, and then, you know, Mike Brown, the wide receivers coach, also has a background with them. Obviously, Marcus and Mike Mickens, even though they're, you know, Marcus is the head coach, Mike is a cornerbacks coach, they're still good chemistry. You don't mm-hmm. always have that on a lot of coaching staffs. You know, Charlie Weiss's coaching staff, for example, they didn't get along mm-hmm. on offense, on defense. There was a lot of, you know, not very good chemistry on those coaching staffs. 85 Bears level? <laughs> Maybe not to that point, but but I think it hurt Charlie yeah. um, that that there wasn't more cohesion on his coaching staff. Does that, could it possibly hinder anything? You know, just extra pressure, higher expectations, anything like that? With having those guys With having, together? Yeah, having all those guys together. Well, I think... I don't know that there's going to be pressure as so much. I think there will be expectations, and I think there should be. When you get a coordinator with the resume that Mike Denbrock has and that has the price tag that Mike Denbrock Mm -hmm. had, I think there's going to be expectations that he's going to have answers in those games when he gets thrown a curve where Jared Parker didn't have those. Uh, but I think it's the good kind of pressure. I think that's mm-hmm. the pressure he wants, and okay. that's why he's back at Notre Dame. He's got a lot of, just a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge in his coordinators. Yeah, it's um, Marcus it's, has said this about Al Golden, and I'm sure he would say this about Mike Denbrock when we 
get him in front of us again. The thing that he always felt good about Al Golden is Al had seen everything. There was never something where he said, wow, that's just thrown me. I've never Mm -hmm. seen an offense. I've never seen a formation like that. And Mike is kind of the offensive counter. Now, will he have an answer for everything? That's a different (laughs) question, but um, he will have at least seen it. He won't, won't be thrown by that. And I think that's, that's a real positive, especially with a, a coach that doesn't have a, still doesn't have a lot of in-game experience. He's still just going on year three as a college head coach. Yeah, how much of that is is I don't know knowing yourself limitations. You know, just as far as experience in that job, how much of having you know a couple of guys with that much experience as your coordinators, how much of that is you know knowing yourself limitation or just we would be dumb to not go out and get these guys. I I think it's a little bit of both. I think that Marcus is there's there's a lot of young coaches that would want to dig in their heels and not say, "Hey, I'm still learning and I'm willing to learn and I don't care if these guys have more experience than me and they outshine overshadow me in some way." He wanted to go get the best and Obviously, he had worked with Mike Denbrock. Those guys kept in touch when Mike was at LSU and Marcus was up here at Notre Dame like on a weekly basis. Um, And I think that says a lot about Marcus. And also, where he is, again, not a... I mean, I can think of, for example, you know, Bob Diaco, who was an assistant at Notre Dame, a defensive coordinator Mm -hmm. like Mike, uh, like Marcus Freeman. He ends up getting his first head coaching job at Connecticut. And, and I can't imagine that Bob Diaco would go out and hire guys like that. Not that you could necessarily do that at Connecticut, but mm-hmm. hire guys of that kind of profile because there's a little bit of insecurity. And, and, and Bob Diaco wasn't willing to listen to people that were giving him good advice about how to become a better head coach. And so I give Marcus a lot of credit with that. Yeah, not many, not many coaches could pull that off. Right. You know, and <laughs> then again, you also don't have a whole heck of a lot of college coaches who are getting their uh, their combine tape shown on NFL Network uh, every year either. So, but uh, And he's getting interviewed on NFL Network, which is great for recruiting. Oh, Recruits yeah. see yeah. that. Marcus is, you know, who else has their head coach down there right. talking to the guys? Right. Is he the coolest head coach in college football? I think he is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. Okay. So it's I not do. just but, me. But, cool. hey, awesome. I'm, a, I'm a grandfather of six, so I'm not sure my definition of cool is the same as what my grandkids would say. Well, I mean, we're, we're in the same boat. I don't even have kids. So, you know, I mean, we, we've got to be, you know, I like to think I'm, I've got my finger on the pulse of things. Eh. But, uh, you know, so we're at least, we're at least uh, in tune there. So... Uh, InsideNDSports.com. What uh, what do you have going on this weekend? We have uh, Marcus, or we have Tyler James. Tyler James and Marcus Freeman. got Marcus Freeman on <laughs> all the NFL Combine coverage from uh, Tyler James this weekend. Um, I will have uh, the coverage of the women's basketball game on Sunday. The game story's up from last night. Uh Charleston Bowles is working on all our recruiting stuff. So lots of great stuff happening with recruiting. 
We have our podcast. We had this past week, we had Dennis Dodd from CBSSports.com on with us to talk about all the big picture stuff happening in college football and how it affects Notre Dame, the different playoff, you know, going to a 14-team playoff in a couple how of years. How that possibly. happen? We haven't even gotten to the 12-team yeah. yet. Why with are auto, we already with talking about Automatic qualifiers, yeah. the NIL mess with the courts, uh, the labor where we're going with labor unions and so forth. Dennis is really good with all those national issues, so we had him, so check that out. Live chat every Wednesday. That was fun. The chatters have had great questions this offseason, so lots lots to check out. All right. InsideNDSports.com is where you need to go for all that. Uh, forthcoming, a, a Sports Center update. Also uh, going to run down the uh, the schedule tonight for sectional action. Okay. Because we are uh, deep in the heart of that already. So, man, this year's going by way too fast. 544, Sports Radio 960, WSBT. Getting uh, through this break real quick, and then uh, letting you go ahead and start your weekend, I guess. Uh, he's uh, he's Eric Hansen. I'm Jimmy Rosari, and for Darren Pritchett today, the uh, IHSA Boys Basketball Sectionals uh, got underway on Tuesday. Uh, Mitchell Walk has got a sectional. They're uh, they're playing at that's actually getting ready to tip off here in like two and a half minutes. Uh, Michigan City playing South Bend Riley tonight in the uh, Mitchell Walk sectional. All of those games are on ninety six one the ton. Um, Elkhart has Warsaw and Concord and Elkhart and Penn. The three A sectional uh, at South Bend Washington has uh, South Bend St Joseph and Mitchell Walk Marion. That should be fun. That'll be a fun game. Uh, South Bend Clay versus Jimtown tonight follows that. Um, it's it's weird thinking that uh, that this could be like the last basketball game for Clay, right? Yeah, yeah. My kids went to Clay. Okay. Yeah. How do they feel about uh, their their school closing? Um, they're probably old enough that it doesn't doesn't really bother bother them, them okay. as much, but it's still. You know, there's great memories. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, but yeah, that's uh, that's all the uh, the sectionals with uh, with uh, you know the local ties to it anyway. So, um, yeah, the the Mishawaka sectional. If you if you get a chance to uh, head on out there, I'm sure you could probably you know pay your way in. Uh, the tickets aren't that much. You can sit next to Darren. You could sit next to Darren as uh, as he cheers on his son. Because uh, you know, I'm 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 sure that's not overbearing at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, six o'clock the uh, the tip on the Mishawaka game, so you got a minute to get there. Uh, Michigan City and South Bend Riley tonight at seven thirty. The championship game uh, is at seven o'clock tomorrow, and like I said, all those games on ninety six won the ton. So uh, thanks for hanging out. I had a. I had a lot of fun. Darren better watch it. Hey, all right. I'm not, I'm not saying a thing there. I'm not saying a thing. So I don't, I don't make that call despite, uh, you know, everybody giving me that title. So I appreciate, I, I appreciate you letting me come on today. Yeah, not a problem. Not a problem. Sports Center update coming up in just a couple of minutes here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Jim in for Darren Pritchett this afternoon. It's Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Presented by the king of beers, Budweiser. Locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this Bud's for you. Also brought to you by Bethel University's Athletics. Sign-ups for youth summer camps are underway. Visit BUPilots.com for more. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Find out how we can end hunger at FeedIndiana.org. Midland Engineering beginning their second century quality roofing experience and the Mishawaka Education Foundation granting a better future. Darren will be back Monday. Probably a better record as far as betting goes will also return on Monday. I am undeterred. Didn't do bad the other night. Two out of three. Not bad at all. So tonight, I got four for you. Got three NBA games uh, involving the Pistons, the uh, the Pacers, and the Bulls, and then uh, a hockey game, an NHL game tonight. So let's get to it, shall we? Donovan Mitchell, Karis Levert. Oh, by the way, this is uh, Cleveland at Detroit tonight. Uh, Detroit, the nine-point underdog. Donovan Mitchell, Karis Levert. Both out. Could the Cavs beat the Pistons by 20 without him? Probably. Probably could. But it kind of feels like a tricky spot off of a double overtime game in Chicago on Wednesday. Mitchell played 44 minutes, so, you know, he's sitting tonight. Load management! Hooray! And then much bigger games up next against the uh, the Knicks and the Celtics. So tonight kind of, you know, kind of a trap game a little bit. Been to Detroit many times in the winter, and I couldn't wait to leave. <laughs> Although city's probably a lot better in recent years, thanks in part to actually legalized gambling. All the new casinos sure are pretty up there. Anyway, I like the Pistons and the points, just because of the fact that Donovan Mitchell and Karis LeFerg are sitting out. So. But I also wouldn't be surprised if the Pistons still lose by 20. NHL t- uh, tonight. We've got Philadelphia at Washington. Not a whole heck of a lot on the uh, on the NHL schedule. Uh, trade deadline rumors flying all over the place. One popular whisper involving these teams has Caps goalie Charlie Lindgren in the shopping window. If that's the case, Lindgren might have helped lower the asking price by giving up eight goals in his last start against the Red Wings. Yeesh. Bunch of high-scoring Washington games uh, lately, too. So you should probably hit the over there. They're 6-1 in their last seven when you go with the over. 
Meantime, the Flyers, they've been involved in some recent shootouts, too. They're over in five of seven. Even with uh, Travis Konechny missing the last week, 12 goals of their own. Nine for the opposite. 21 total across their last two games. Their last two. Goal line is five and a half. Philly and Washington going to go over that tonight. Pacers are down in New Orleans. Kind of a, a, a weird back-to-back. It's a home-and-home home for... Uh, you, you don't get that a whole heck of a lot in the NBA. And the Pacers did dominate the Pelicans the other night on Wednesday. Certainly cashed. That's good. But New Orleans themselves was in the second of a back-to-back. They looked gassed just immediately. <laughs> they barely came out. Uh, they were down 16 after one quarter. C.J. McCollum was also just back from injury. He only shot 9 for 21. Indiana's a 500 team on the road. Ooh. New Orleans going to get uh, Jose Alvarado back. Good on defense. Spark plug as well. He's back from a three-game suspension. He's probably going to spend a bunch of time on Tyrese Halliburton tonight. Halliburton will have his hands full with Alvarado tonight. Everyone should be available, too, for New Orleans with the uh, team not playing again until next Tuesday. God, a weekend off in New Orleans? Jesus. I would go nuts. It's also rare for, for a team to sweep a home-and-home in the NBA. You know, and, and, and that's even with the teams you know fairly even as these two are. I don't see it happening either. I don't see tonight being the being a start of a trend as far as NBA home and homes go. Indiana took the uh, first game Wednesday night. New Orleans is going to take tonight. Money line at minus uh, 175 for that game. And then uh, Milwaukee is at Chicago tonight. This is a 10 o'clock start. It's in Chicago, mind you. This is the Bucks and the Bulls in Chicago. A 10 o'clock Eastern start on ESPN tonight. Who's scheduled? God. Like a 9 o'clock start in Chicago, even. Anyway. Regardless of that fact. Uh... No Middleton here in this game could be a problem for the Bucks. All right, that's a team that just hit the wall, too, last night in Charlotte. Nikola Vucevic, meantime, is averaging uh, 38 minutes a game over the last month. That's up from 33.5. That netted him a, almost 11.5 rebounds a game last month. So there's a uh, there's a prop bet for uh, for young Nicola there. Ten and a half rebounds is the uh, is the rebound line for uh, Nikola Vucevic tonight. And like I said, eleven and a half rebounds a game over the last month. He's gone over it six of ten games. It's double digit in eight of eight of ten. Averaged 12 and a half in the four games since the All-Star break. The Bulls have been home all week. He averages 10.7 rebounds a game against the Bucks so far this season. He 
He averages 11 rebounds uh, against uh, against Lopez in his career. Jeez. He's got a rest. He's got a travel advantage. I can't, I'm, I'm, Can you tell I'm liking Nikola Vucevic tonight to go over 10.5 rebounds? So let's talk a little bit more about... Uh, about why is this game on so damn late? <laughs> like I'm happy I don't have to be up in the morning for you know for anything. The wife and I are kicking off tomorrow with uh, with picking up all the dog poop out of the yard. Gotta wake up early for that. Anyway, but ten o'clock Eastern for a game in Chicago. Hell are you doing, ESPN? And don't think for a minute that this is the NBA's idea. This is totally ESPN just needing something to fill that Friday night, uh, you know, the, the second window there. Nothing out, nothing out west was. Uh, let me look at. Nothing out west was uh, was intriguing enough. Okay, so the first game is Dallas and Boston. All right. ESPN, I take it back. (laughs) You could have the late night in in Chicago. Nine local time, ten Eastern. What? Or you could have gone with with the Wizards and the Clippers. And I wouldn't touch anything with the Clippers with a ten-foot pole. That's the only other game going on late tonight. That's that's some that's some bad scheduling right there. Yeesh. Of course, Nuggets and Lakers. That's tomorrow night's game on ABC. So, hmm, wonder how that happened. To recap, Detroit and the points tonight. That is a a nine point spread, by the way. So a lot of a lot of leeway going on there. Uh, between the uh, the Cavs and the Pistons. In the NHL, you got Philadelphia at Washington going over five and a half goals. New Orleans straight up at home against Indiana. And in Milwaukee at Chicago, Nikola Vucevic going over ten and a half total rebounds for the Bulls. That's what we got tonight. Good luck. Of course, I take no responsibility if you lose everything because you bet like a dummy. But, uh, you know, them's the breaks, I guess. Talk a little bit of, a little bit of the Bears and also a, a little bit of an update on the, uh, on the Major League Baseball uniform saga. Kind of, kind of a funny story about that. That is all coming up. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat wrapping up next here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this Bud's for you. Also by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, Bethel University's Adult and Graduate Studies, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Bethel University's Athletics Department, First State Bank, Midland Engineering, and the Mishawaka Education Foundation.
still uh, still still no smoke coming out of the chimney here as far as uh, at Hallis Hall regarding a Justin Fields trade. So far, anyway. So far. Let's see. Let's see the latest. Nope. Just a lot of obscenity on Bears Twitter right now. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Possibility of not being drafted number one in April. Not a scenario that uh, that Caleb Williams has given much thought to. Speaking at the uh, the Combine earlier today, he was asked whether he would feel disappointed if he didn't hear his name called by the Chicago Bears at the top of the draft order. He said, it's not a thought in my mind. I don't think that I'm not going to be number one. Ooh, I like that confidence. I think I put in all the hard work, all the time, effort, energy into being that. I don't think of a plan B. That's kind of how I do things in my life. I don't think of a plan B. Stay on plan A. Then when things don't work out, find a way to make plan A work. Bears, of course, owning the number one pick in the draft. They met with uh, Williams on uh, Wednesday night in Indianapolis. Quarterback said the limited time he had with the Chicago Brass wasn't enough for him to know the team's plan for developing him. Still kind of can't you know, tip your hand in any sort of way. But he did offer up that he wasn't intimidated by the thought of being drafted by an organization that has struggled throughout its 103-year history uh, to develop a franchise quarterback. Williams said he, was ex- he would be excited if the Bears drafted him. With the number one pick, with the number one pick, and pushed back against any notion that he would request a trade or want to play elsewhere, a la the Eli Manning move. And then, uh, also today, Fanatics kind of offered up a different t- kind of transparency. The manufacturer, the manufacturer of the Major League Baseball uniforms, unveiled this spring. Fanatics has been pretty well panned because you can see through the pants. Michael Rubin, the CEO of the company, said uh, today that Fanatics taking undue heat as fans and players individually and as the MLBPA have criticized the Nike-designed uniforms. Rubin said at the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference in Massachusetts, We've purely been doing exactly what we're told. We've been told we've done everything exactly right, and we're getting the bleep kicked out of us every day right now. That's not fun. Normally when I get beat up, it's because I actually did something wrong. Okay, so I'll give you the I'll give you this, okay? You're just following orders. Probably can't make very many changes since you know, you're you're just the manufacturer of it. It's not like you had a say, to, you know, as far as how Nike was going to design these things. Nike, of course, taking over as the official uniform supplier before the 2020 season. They kept uh, the manufacturer with Fanatics. Fanatics purchased Majestic Athletics, the league's previous uniform provider, in 2017. So now the Nike uniforms being produced in the same Fanatics-owned Easton, Pennsylvania factory where the league's uniforms have been made since 2005. So how the hell are the pants so see-through? If you wind up watching any spring training games this weekend, hope your mind doesn't get scarred too much. Darren's back on Monday. Budweiser's weekday sports beat, Sports Radio 960 WSBT.